Hey guys, welcome back to the Soulful Expat Chats podcast. My name is Cherie and I am joined by my host, Nicole. We are both expats living abroad. My journey has been about 10 years now and yours, Nicole? It's approaching nine, which is crazy. In August, mm-hmm. it will be nine years. Um, yeah, oh, lived in three different places. As many of you have heard me mention, this is your first time tuning in. I spent five years in the UAE. Then I spent two and a half in China, um, a short like seven months in Egypt. And now I am currently in Bangkok, Thailand. So Asia and I, we are connected. <laughs> And my whole stint has been in Abu Dhabi, or in one country, the UAE, but Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Okay, so today's topic, we are talking about, what's the topic again? Oh, questioning. Um, (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, questioning if you are on the right path. Um, And it's such a good question, a good topic, because I think oftentimes when you think about the right path, especially if you're living abroad, sometimes you're thinking if you're on the right path when you're choosing a country. And then also you're wondering if you're on the right path, if internally, like you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do or what you want to do. And it can be intense. I think for anyone, even if you're listening to this and you don't live abroad, I think naturally we come to that point or stage in life where maybe we think that we should have had something by a certain time or this should have happened or you're a certain age and maybe you don't have the family, the kids, or maybe you're not adjusting well to life abroad. I mean, if you've been abroad only for one year, oftentimes it takes about a year to two to actually fully get into rhythm. So if you're new abroad, it's easy to second guess and wonder like, is this good for me? Is it good for my mental health? Um, and then sometimes countries, you know, some people do try different countries because they find that certain ones are better for them. So this question comes up often. Um, and it's so interesting because here you have two hosts, you have one who's remained constant in one country. And then one like me who, you know, I call myself the soulful expat because I do move from a very soul place. Um, But I will say that being in Bangkok, like right now is the first time where I'm just like, I am not moving. Um, Like the only two ways I'd probably have to get up and leave immediately is if something happened to like my family member and I needed to take a break and or meet the man in my dreams and it makes more sense for me to go to his country. But aside from that, right now I actually feel put, like I don't feel the need um, I'm like, I want to be here while I'm figuring out and doing my business and doing all the things. Um, I don't feel this. I don't see another place on the horizon for now. Okay. So what so about one you? Of the reasons why I thought about this topic is because um, I think sometimes or most of the time, no, all of the time, um, living abroad is glorified. And I remember having a conversation with a couple of my friends who have left and wishing that they actually hadn't lived abroad for so long. Because unfortunately, especially for women, we get to a certain age and science doesn't lie. 
and we start wishing that we maybe might have made different decisions and had children earlier. Um, and that is actually what has happened to a few of my friends who have lived abroad. It's, it's, it's true stories. Like we glorify, we live in this, this amazing life where we're able to travel, um, spend as we want. Um, and then all of a sudden life actually slaps you in the face and you're like, oh my God, I'm 40. I have no children. I have no husband. And I'm really yearning for that. And uh, I think these are things that people should actually talk about, especially when it comes to females, um, that it is great living abroad. However, before we decide to make these decisions or during these decisions, actually really question what your long-term objectives are. What are your long-term goals? Because I, I think a lot of people do, do in, in life right now, do look at their short-term goals. Oh, they're just very short-sighted. So that's mm. why... I thought this would be a great topic to bring up because it is often glorified. And even for men too, like especially living in a place like the UAE in Dubai, uh, it's very easy to come here, think with, 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 a, with an objective of making more money, which everyone does, but then you come here and it's such a lavish place and there's always something to do and you end up getting yourself into debt or you don't save as much as you thought that you would. And again, men and women get slapped in the face and they're like oh my god what have I done with my life um so I wonder if people do look back at that and think have I actually made the right decision and I think it's really important to like to to check in these goals and have these discussions um when we are sending life abroad you know it's it's as you were speaking I was like I felt like a, a crystal ball was like oh because <laughs> Because, you know, it's funny because I've I've actually had a hard time trying to articulate why I wanted to coach black and brown women. And this is why. This has been my greatest why. I do think that oftentimes when people are advertising the whole notion of living abroad, we're only focusing on one part. Like, I wish, you know, and probably why I talk about dating so much. Like, I wish that I had someone that I could like, even if it was just a friend, someone that was actively dating, because my whole idea of moving abroad was always at a holistic like standpoint, but I didn't really hang around anyone that was like meaningfully dating and doing these things. It was like you said, it was only the yachts initially at first and the who can go to the F1 and this party. And like, it was almost like being in college as adults, you know, being in college and like, you're just having fun for a couple of years and then you go back to reality. Uh -huh. And for me, um, I think that's why I've never wanted to market myself as like, oh yes, oh yes, just come abroad. But if you are going to do it, how can you be more holistic about it? How can you be more reflective about it? How can you start thinking about your goals and infusing that? Like, yeah, go on the trips, yes you know, do, do all the travels, see all the things, but you're right. Like the time flies. And that's what I really wish. I wish someone was encouraging me more around dating and stuff. Like for me, just like you, of course, like save my money is like a natural habit. That's something I did when I was in the state. So those type of things was not an issue for me, but I thought about the holistic part, like thinking about your friendships, like the fact that you might be abroad for a while and your friend circles change, like everyone's not going to keep up with you and want to continue friends, right? Um, business, 
I didn't know I was going to be inspired to want to even coach and like the importance of having entrepreneur friends. Um, so I do think that if you're, especially if you're, you know, thinking about moving abroad or you're already abroad, starting to look at your, your whole life as a whole, not just the one aspect, because as you said, if you are a woman and you want to get married one day, if you want to have kids one day, you want to start like putting those options out there, whether it's freezing your eggs, whether it's dating very intentionally, you know, um, because my friend circle was not talking about these things. And, you know, sometimes you are the, the average of the people you hang out with. And I just wish someone was around me, like saying like, girl, start dating. Like if this is something, you don't have to necessarily throw it away, like leave, you know, at least for me, I don't believe you have to go to another country, but at least I would add that as part of it, you know, and, and not, you know, and, and this is what I see all the time, especially with black women that we do tend to focus a lot more on our work and our degrees and all these other things. And then this area of love, relationship we kind of just kind of wait um so yeah that that's what I would add to that it really resonates what you're saying in my experience it's been all women I have a range of friends out here of all ethnicities and and thinking about say seven years ago I've always been the same as you Nicole I love being in the relationship people always try to overanalyze the whole situation when you say a phrase like that but I love being in a relationship I love companionship I think it's a basic need and I remember I would always be um in an in a lovely relationship and when I would speak to people about seeking relationships when I first meet them when they're living out here my friends would be looking at me sideways (laughs) like why am I encouraging this conversation but it's needed and those friends were white and black and those friends some of them now are still single and like, mm-hmm. luckily I've had great experiences. I'm still single now through choice. And I have to talk to you guys about that at another point maybe. But um, yeah, I think it's not just a black thing. It's an everyone thing. Females, mm-hmm. in general, especially in the UAE, we focus so much on fun and just even dating as well, but in a fun way. And then life just hits you. I'm not yeah. sure. I think the makeup of this is, is very much apparent in other countries, but in this country specifically, it is yeah. and it's so funny it's interesting because I said I lived in China and like two of my girlfriends whom I left both since I left got engaged one one had a baby one has one on the way and then I just realized another girl who I left in China got married so I met, I messaged my friend like shit did I leave too soon like what <laughs> <laughs> everyone so I mean I think also maybe lockdown and those things actually cause you know Shanghai China as a whole has been on lockdown for so long but I would just say I mean if you want to have less regrets you really want to take your life seriously I think that's really the name of the game and nothing that you want is ever too much or ever like it's not like to your point like it's not something wrong with you just because a collective or the people around you don't want it doesn't make it like not a value or you don't get to have it. And I wish I recognized that, right? Because sometimes we go off the collective. So if someone's not talking about something, it might feel weird, like, oh, that's too much. Um, yeah, 100%, because that's how I used to feel. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure that people are reevaluating, like, did I not do it enough now, you know? Because you, yeah. you have one, one focus when you're not living in a holistic life. Um, there was another point that I was actually going to bring up. I can't remember what it was now. 
Oh, I can't remember. It'll come back to me. Um, but yeah, oh no, that's what it was. There are there's most probably women that are over a certain age that are listening right now. And you know what? It's never too late to actually reevaluate whether you have made the right decision and you've chosen the right path. And if you feel like you haven't, then redesign your life. Yeah, you can Sign always it. adjust. Yeah. Yeah. You can always adjust. You could, yeah. Whatever you feel that if you didn't have it in the next five years, then you should start doing something towards that, you know? And if you're not making action, maybe asking yourself why. What's yeah. your barrier? What's your block? You know, is it a really a mindset block? You know, because oftentimes we we take on a collective belief for everyone, especially like say dating abroad. Like I know everyone's like dating is bad. I think dating is a struggle everywhere. I don't think that's just exclusive to being like living abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think changing the language around it as well. Like, yeah, it's a challenge, but I'm gonna try to go on more dates. Yes, it's a challenge. Um, I'm going to put myself out more. I'm going to go and socialize. If you look at Cherie, if you're following her, you see she's doing all these social networking opportunities. So um, you want to make sure like what your barriers are and see how can you start to eliminate so that you can create and have the things you want. Um, living abroad does not have to be a playground in that you don't get to take your life seriously. You can still have fun and still have goals. You can still save your money and you can still go out and have a good time. You can still take care of your health and you can, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not an either or, it gets to be an and. Do you know what as well? I think sometimes when you're living abroad, especially when you're when your job provides your visa, it provides your accommodation, which a lot of jobs do now when you move abroad. Um, living abroad doesn't always mean that 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 place is going to steer the direction of your life you can actually steer the direction of your life and that's why I've decided to do more networking now because I've had to sit down and question my path my path is I do I actually want to be a full continue to be a full-time teacher not forever I still want to be in education but in, in order for me to step out of that and see what opportunities are out there this is why I started to do a lot of networking so for you guys that are listening I've I have made it my mission to do two networking events a month. And I tell you what, I have met some amazing people. I've met app developers. I've met, um, so yesterday I went, met to, went to an amazing event. There were some super business women and men there who had come from different backgrounds, poor backgrounds, rich backgrounds, old, young, very successful and it was just very inspiring so I've made that effort to put myself in those rooms because I've realized I haven't changed I haven't chosen the right path and it's about time to reevaluate that even when it comes to like dating as well I feel like I hadn't chosen the right path of who I was dating and what I was looking for so one way that actually helped me or one strategy that actually helped me come to this realization is therapy actually and um, so sometimes we're actually unable to go inside or ourselves and figure out um, whether our what we're doing aligns with where we want to go. Or sometimes we don't know where we want to go. <laughs> so it's really good to do therapy, even if you don't feel like you need it. Because when I started my therapy sessions, it was based around relationships. And then I no longer felt like I needed that. But we kept going every two weeks. And we would just, I'd, I'd be thinking about things to talk about prior to the meeting and as soon as we get in there it would just go off in different tangents of different parts of my life and it really helped me discover who I am so if you are finding if this 
if this podcast is connecting with you and like, oh my God, I really don't know if I have chosen the right path. Think about doing some therapy sessions, even if it's just one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think therapy is amazing. I'm a big champion of it. Um, I've recently taken a break. So I know for me, like uh, this is where journaling and, you know, I know you're a big proponent of journaling, journaling and meditation. I think also it's so important to have moments of quiet, a moment of stillness. It's very hard to hear yourself if you have so much noise, like noise, meaning the TV, the YouTube, the podcast, your friends, your work, like also being able to tap into yourself. I use that term a lot, tap in. When you're really quiet, you get, you also can get answers and you get like clarity, like the aha. Um, I recently did a 36 hour water fast and I like to do those periodically, like a couple, every couple months. And you only drink water for 36 hours. And usually during that time, I might journal, you know, I might light some frankincense, you know, meditate, just like have some quiet, play grim music. Um, and I find that I get a lot of clarity, sometimes even up to just like things that I need to do that because, you know, it's easy food, even food can be a distraction in a sense. Um, so when you have these moments, you can also step into clarity um, and also like reevaluate often. Like we did a podcast. I remember a couple episodes back about your goals. Like you don't have to make a plan in January and like not check in like anytime in your body when something is also feeling off that's an invitation to check in with yourself just like if you felt like you may be sick or you're noticing you're not feeling good you notice that you're feeling lethargic you're unhappy these are also equally opportunities to check in with your past you know sure. what as well adding on to your journaling and self-discovery and peace and quiet if you don't have the discipline to do a water fast use ai or hopefully Nicole will be able to come up with some suggestions of some prompts that you can use in your journal. Because uh, it is, we, we say go into a journal, but some people are new to it and they don't understand how to use it very effectively. So it's always great to either have a prompted journal, which you can actually go onto Amazon and get one of mine if you want to, or which I'll put the link in. Or Nicole, inshallah, that means God will. Yes, if you want to work with me, actually... If you're listening to this, we're recording in June 6th, but I will start a, a six-week mentorship program. This is not an expat coaching. This is literally just called You Are Your Own Guru and essentially just guiding you to your own answers because I do believe that we all have the answers within. Um, I do also have a expat coaching program coming up as well, but this is just if you want one-on-one -on -one, you just want someone, you, you know, you kind of feel like you're on the tip of like, you know, understanding some things, but you need some prompts. You need someone to talk, you know, you through um, some steps of being more mindful, having more coherence in your life and more peace, coherence, mind, body, soul, um, when they all connect. So like your job, you feel good with the country you're in, like it like all comes together. Um, you okay. can definitely send me a DM. Um, my, my information will be in the show notes as well for that. So there you go. We've given you the what <laughs> and also the how. That's one thing that I think is really important when we're giving advice to give the what and also the how. 
So let's talk about um, another topic, which is a taboo usually. And I think a lot of people have a lot of negative connotations when it comes to it. And that is lifestyle and financial decisions. Do you believe that you are on the right path? And I think a lot, most of the time, um, a lot of people always question whether they've taken the right path when it comes to like lifestyle and financial decisions. I often do it myself as well. Um, how do you feel like you've invested your money enough? Do you think feel like you could have saved a bit more? That's if you even have saved. Do you feel like your lifestyle is currently aligning with the goals of where you actually want to be and go? Um, and yeah, all of those questions, I'm sure many of you who are listening have most probably had those discussions with yourself, right? So yeah. Um, and what I would say when it comes to like lifestyle decisions and finance is it's never too late to change and adapt I always do you not always find this as well Nicole we're actually talking about this how when you when you're on Instagram or social media people are so negative there's always posts about oh you should have done this by 30 or if you ain't spending your money right then then you're going to be broke for the rest of your life (laughs) I, I I it's so funny because I've never resonated with like a thing by a certain age like legit like I've never I may have had one joke my cousin and I when we were so young we'd always used to say by the time we were 25 but that was really we said it very jokingly but like I've never been this people make these big hefty declarations like ah oh, by the time I'm 30 I need to have a b c never resonated with that and I think that in itself creates a lot of pressure and stress because I can't even fathom if I'm 28 or 29 and now 30 is coming up and now I'm working like a hamster wheel and I'm going crazy because I need to feel like that's the I'm different to you I I am that person that I feel like I set myself goals by a certain age I need to achieve things however I do not judge others who do not do it I think for me personally I need to have a goal I need to have a goal um, and a deadline of when I'm going to achieve something, especially when it comes to finances. Otherwise, I think you can get yourself into a sticky situation. That's my own personal view. However, I hate it when other people put that pressure on others. Yeah. And I think when you do see things like that, then you you somewhat give up. You think it's too late. But in actual fact, as long as you are questioning whether you've taken the right path, it's never too late to start. Like, I think that that's why I, I don't, why I, sorry, my laptop was about to die. I didn't want that to happen. Um, I think that's why I take the holistic view because I think taking a holistic view allows you more to focus on process and journey where, and you can still have a goal, but you can work towards something. It's meaningful. It connects to your values. You can always, I'm, I'm team assess and check in. But I just feel like an age thing um, because I've never really, I don't know, unless they're like financial bloggers, but like I rarely ever see someone say, oh my gosh, I'm 30 and now I have the house. I have. Like, like I've never actually, I always see the the conversation of what you should do by a certain age, but I've also never seen someone say, okay, I'm 30 now and I have this, I have, like, I've never seen someone actually celebrate it. And maybe that I've- that are humble. They got theirs. They don't need to. It's the people that don't really, the, the empty barrels that are shouting the loudest. Like, Maybe. I, I, yeah, it just depends on what you're exposed to. But I see that a lot. I see people who strive to get that house by 30 and will get that house. Um, mm. 
or strive to open this business and have this child or whatever by a certain age and get that. But I think if you haven't achieved that goal, we shouldn't be sitting in our house getting depressed and thinking it's too late. Like you can change the direction. Yeah, and I I don't know if, and I guess because, I mean, we've both been around, I mean, you've been even abroad longer than me. And I don't know if maybe partly because I've also had to experience so many different cultures, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's such an American thing. I guess I always associate the age thing. Don't get me wrong. Like I definitely feel, especially being in China, like there is a lot of pressure, um, a lot more financial pressure in terms of like, because the, the financial pressure, for example, is linked to your ability to buy a house. And like a man can't like propose to a woman if you don't have a house to put them in, right? So it's a different kind of thing, but it's not necessarily like age. And I think because I've been in these different societies, I almost feel like it's... um you know, you, you, you around something more and more that kind of confirmed what you think already. So then it's like, you feel so disconnected to it. So like, for me, I think it's moved me away even more from like, oh my God, in this age, the only thing is like what you said, like biology, I am a woman. I am 41. Even though I don't feel like 41. I mean, I don't even know. what forty one. Technically, <laughs> I don't know what 41 and technically is what I feel like. I mean, even my own mama on my 40th birthday, which she celebrated with me, she was like, Nicole, you're not, you can't be fine. I was like, well, mom, did you mess up the papers? Like, you want to tell me your truth? Like, you want to tell me I'm 38? <laughs> but, um, I mean, being real about that is like, now I'm just trying to be even more conscious. I actually said, I'm going to start drinking. I've been cutting down like my coffee intake. So I do think stuff like that, like biology, taking care of your health. I wish that I was on a health tip as consistently as I've been like being in Shanghai and being here, mm. like that would be something um, that's not spoken about enough. I remember when I was moving abroad and I was in a Facebook group when we were all getting ready to go to Abu Dhabi. And I remember all the girls saying, oh my God, we don't want to become fluffy. And like, and I thought, okay, I'm going to like be super okay. active. And that wasn't the case. Like I was very inconsistent with taking care of myself. Um, I would definitely say I regret, like, I wish I was also actively taking care of my mind, body, and soul all the time, like consistently, not on and off. Sorry, guys. And that also, yeah, I wish that I just, I wish that I just took a whole holistic approach the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I think not to say that I hung out with bad people because I definitely did not, but I wish that I was having more honest and open discussion about these life, like just life or having more like mind different. Like I had friends, but many of them were married already. So like my concerns wouldn't be their same concerns. You know, I think um, being in more community and like meaningful community early on in my expat journey would have been definitely more helpful. Like for, like I say this to you all the time, Sharif, I had met you when I was in the UAE, what? I would have done had my coaching program. Would I would have, like, I just think about just like, sometimes you just need certain type of friendships and certain people around you. Um, 
And because oftentimes, you know, we said we're going to do this topic, sometimes out of loneliness or just company, you just want to be with people. But sometimes that's not the people you need for the things you have in mind and where you want to move, where you want to go. Uh, and I think for me, that's, that was the shift that I learned going into like my experience living in China, which is why I loved it so much. Um, and then even here, I was here, it was like, I came here legit on some, like, I don't need a friend. Like I was definitely that kind of person. I wasn't saying it to people and I have two solid friends. And then I created my entrepreneurial group because I knew that I came here to, to live and to also work on my business, you know? And so that means that like, that's, that's what I want to be around me, you know? So I think if I were to go back or, and I think it connects to finances too. It's like every, your health, the people that you hang out with, right? Um, It really matters when you're abroad. And I can see how sometimes the loneliness and not wanting company can, can kind of skew our choices <laughs> in like what we do. Because I think it's easy to go and have a lot of drinks and go and get drunk. And if you're like depressed or you're lonely or what have you, very different from having like a meaningful brunch and a meaningful, and I'm not here to say that I'm not about having fun. Cause if y'all know me, I like to have fun, but I just, balance. just to kind of keep self balance. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's, what's funny is that some people listening would most probably think that we are talking about people that are not particularly high earners, but in actual fact, in the people, in the, the people that I've come across, that struggle with their finances the most abroad are people that are very high earners. Because in the UAE, you get paid a lot more, I'd say 20, 30% more than what you would get paid back home. One, one, you don't pay tax, two, you get free accommodation. And if you don't already have like those financial literacy skills, then the more money you get, the more money you spend, right? Um, but I think it's really important, every single role, teacher, um, accountant, stockbroker, whatever your job is, or your business is, to actually always, this is actually a prompt, am I on the right path? Ask a question, am I on the right path? And then in addition to that, you do that backward plan in which you introduce me to Nicole. <laughs> the question it would be like, if you're not on the right path, what path do I actually want to be on? And then start going back and being like, what do I need to now do? What do I need to change? What habits do I need to change? Who do I need to meet? What do I need to do differently to what I'm doing now? Um, especially when it comes to finances, when it comes to relationship, um, even your personal development, that is a long-term goal in itself. And then always question yourself, when you're about to make a decision, like get into the habit and we can condition our brains. We think that we are weak. Our brains are super tools. Like you you can, your you brain can, is a servant. One people need to understand. Yeah. It's what you feed it and what you tell it to do is what it does, right? So if you're telling your brain, if you're conditioning your brain to actually question whether you are being short-sighted when you take certain actions and do certain things in your life, constantly get into the habit of questioning that then I'm pretty sure that you will be able to put yourself on a path that you want to be on. Mm -hmm. But again, you've constantly got to ask yourself these questions. We can't go through life, especially as expats, because life just runs through you, not questioning 
whether you're you're doing the right thing, whether you're on the right journey right now. Yeah. And I would also add to that one thing that I wish that I did earlier on was um therapy. Like I started therapy when I was in the States and then I stopped when I moved abroad. I would start it right away because just like to your point, some questions, some things you just may not know and you may need the help of a therapist because I say this a lot on my IG in, in many different ways is that like whatever stuff that you have going on mentally, emotionally, physically that you had back home, you bring it abroad. And the only thing I will say is that when you're abroad is amplified. So if you have other, like, let's say you were not a good saver in your country, chances are you're not going to be a good saver in the new country. Like, even if you make more money, because that's already a habit you've created. If you didn't have friends and you weren't like, like sometimes we carry those same things, it just gets amplified. And sometimes the way it gets amplified can be actually worse. And it's actually can be create mental health issues it can create depression you know and then it can have this spiral effect so I just think that that's also important to just kind of check in with yourself emotionally um because you sometimes also just find out new things about yourself that you didn't know was there mm. yeah most definitely even when it comes to career as well checking in on your career I think we touched on that earlier Am I in the right career? Ask yourself mm -hmm. that question. Just because you live abroad, it doesn't mean that you are stuck. You can start making movements to actually get out of that career. If you're constantly waking up and you are truly unhappy in your job, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Ask yourself, literally this question, what are you going to do about it? Look in the mirror every day. What are you going to do about it? And take some action. And if you don't know what to do, start networking. Someone in one of these rooms is going to be able to help you. 100 mm percent -hmm. totally agree yeah they can put you on that path there was another topic that i'd actually put down which was values and beliefs <laughs> are you on the right path when it comes to values and beliefs that could be it's quite a tricky subject to actually talk about which is religion i guess when it comes to spirituality and stuff as well also questioning yourself when it comes to that but it's, it's quite a, a, a topic that I think I'm going to hand over to Nicole. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I'm always big on interrogate, like your beliefs, your ideas. I mean, I just think that the beauty of being abroad is that you have a lot of time in your mind and to, your, to yourself. And you get an opportunity to reflect on certain maybe traditional values, maybe certain things that's passed on. And you get to say like, hmm, does this resonate anymore? If it does, how do I want to do it? Do I want to continue? Hmm, am I curious? I, I think that religion it always becomes a touchy subject because um, there's this notion that like, if you believe in God, you don't get to be curious. Or if you are once a member of a certain institution, you can't be curious. You could be curious about everything else under the sun, but the moment that you are curious is blasphemy. Um, I think that if you, it takes a lot of courage because depending on the kind of household, the family structure, but if that's the one thing that's going to give you peace, I say go for it. And that's where community comes in. Like 
you will need community if you are starting to explore. Um, I think the only thing I would add to that is that if you're being expansive and curious, I would just say that you don't need to put down something that you did before. Um, I think that I've, I always see like, especially um, with certain people who maybe, and I see this a lot. I only could speak on the Christian com community um, that like, let's say you are like me and you're into mindfulness, you're into meditation. Maybe you, you burn frankincense or you have other spiritual rituals that sometimes I think like the Christians that I've known, they demonize those things. And then they will talk like, and say things that are very hurtful. You know, I think your spiritual practice is a very sacred and personal thing. And my whole thing is that if I'm curious about something, I don't need to put something down. So you'll never find me on a platform talking ish about like Islam or Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism or Buddhist. I don't need to do that to validate me being curious. Uh -huh. And I think that if you're very genuinely curious, you'll notice that you won't need to do that. Now, if you're just doing it because you have disdain for another religion, that's when therapy might help. Maybe you came from an upbringing where you had a lot of trauma connected to Christianity or whatever religion or the family member. So maybe because it's triggering for you, in order for you to be curious, you feel the need to put them down. And that's, that's like pain, right? Like sometimes, you know, like we show our actions of pain and disdain because of a, a memory that's associated with that. So for me, I would just say, be curious, but don't shun anyone in the process. Because I see a lot of people do that. Like they shun, um, and I've witnessed it with even just extended family members, even to me, like the kind of, you know, like they poke fun, like, oh, she's into crystals or or maybe they don't directly use my name, but like, They'll poke like, oh, don't do those things. Um, and I just think people fear what they don't understand. Um, and I think if we want to have more peace in the in the world, and I know this sounds very cliche, I think just it's a personal journey. It is a freaking personal journey. And we are allowed to find what resonates. I think that's part of like peace. That's part of like living a life that you feel proud of is that you are in full alignment with what you believe, what you desire, what you're working towards. Like, and that's just that I feel like when it comes to like beliefs and all of that, and you get to do it all too. Like if you want to fast, if you want, like, listen, if you want to read the Quran, if you want to read the Bible, if you want to read the Torah, I say go for it. If you want to spend time in an ashram, like, I don't know who also came up with this notion that, you know, you're, you stop being curious after, like, you finish college. Like, who the F? Like, what? Mm. I think that the most interesting humans, like, I like to watch a lot of podcasts and some of the most interesting people, like business people or just like that lead uh, people, they've done so many things. Like, they, they, I mean, look at Oprah. She's still going, right? She has a whole own network that's dedicated to her like journey of spirituality. Like, like this woman has a billion. She don't need to do like, you know what I mean? She's on a farm. She's still losing weight. She's figuring, she's still figuring how to lose weight. There's no shade, but anybody knows Oprah. She has been trying on a late loss journey forever. She's mm. still trying to figure it out. 
So if I'm looking at someone like her and she's still actively like questioning the Jay Shetties, the Stephen Bartlett's, like they have conversations with people because they in essentially are showing you that they're still trying to figure it out. They're still curious. But you know what, Nicole, when you're when you're talking about this thing, it just what just came to mind is confidence, knowing yourself and working on not worrying about what people think. Because when you do decide to take a new path or step on a new journey, that's a skill that we need to learn to kind of master. And I think a lot of people decide not to make changes um, to their journey because of worries of what other people think and through lack of confidence. Now, I feel like I haven't mastered, I'm always a, I'm always a scholar, but one reason why I will do whatever I want and chase any path that I want is because I do not care. No one is coming to save me but myself. But it would be wise if if it's something that you are going to do to question whether you do need to work on your confidence. And if you are a person that worries about what people think. And again, therapy would be great for that. Or yeah. use AI guys, because I love it. <laughs> to help you figure out ways that you can overcome that. Because look at me, I have I have owned a daycare, guys. I've gone from owning a daycare, closing that because it didn't align with my goals. It took me a while, but I still did it. To becoming a nursery teacher and then working my way up to be a teacher, opened up in a, a hair care company, learning lessons from that, then realizing that wasn't for me, investing in the bar, which I actually still have and I don't really do much with. And um, they just work for me and give me money. That's that's a great investment, guys. Find a business and invest in it, right? Um, and then now to doing what actually aligns with my soul. Now, in order to actually do these things and change your path, even when it comes to dating as well, we actually need to have some serious self-confidence and also understand that we're just a tiny little blip on this universe. I'm always reminding myself when I go on my daily walks, I stand by the ocean and I look how big it is. <laughs> And I remind myself, I'm just a tiny little blip on the universe. And if we constantly remind ourselves of that and worry less about what people think, especially when we're about to go on a new path, it becomes a lot easier. Because even no, with some you. people might get out their journal and question, am I on the right path? I wonder if it's only their voice that they're hearing. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that it's your voice, not anyone else's voice, just yours. Yeah. And I think that, there, that you can always have a healthy dose of caring what someone says, but if these are the people who are aligned with you and your values, people who care about you, the people you respect, you know what I mean? Like, like if you gave me, for example, some kind of feedback, of course, I know at the top, I know what's best for me, but I'm also still open. Like if you were going to tell me something that I should do, or I should suggest, I know that you mean me well, you know, and I think that's where discernment comes in. I don't think, um, I think oftentimes we always think in these absolutes. And I do think that that's why self-discovery, that's why, you know, self-discovery is the cornerstone of like everything that I do. And I tell with people because you have to know yourself, right? You want to have healthy relationships. We are human. So we desire connection and connection is vulnerability. Connection is sharing with people, your goals and your dreams. So I think also having a healthy dose of like caring what people say, but like if every decision in life that you make are, are 
based on someone else, then of course that's problematic, you know? Um, and the majority do- of people do that. The majority yeah. of the, the actions that people take, Nicole, are based on society's beliefs. Like getting married at a certain age, choosing this particular career, deciding to go to uni straight after college. That is the majority, not the minority. And a lot of people allow uh, or their, their lives go in the direction that is, or they allow their life to be directed through others and the opinion of others. So I think definitely we should have a healthy balance. But in actual fact, people don't realize unless they're actually questioning whether this is my own decision and who am I, most of the time it's coming from someone else. And it could be, and, and I think most of the time as well, it comes from people that mean well. They're the most detrimental because you're really going to digest that. You're not going to digest the stranger's opinion on the street. People that mean you well are the ones that have the most influence on you and your decision-making. So it's it's just about having that skill of digesting what I'm going to take in and what I'm going to throw away. But in order to have that skill, we need to know ourselves. 100. Self-discovery is so important. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's what Nicole does. We're going to wrap up this podcast now. Nicole does self-discovery <laughs> coaching, which she's going to tell you about. Yes, I have a uh, an actual expat coaching program coming up in July. Um, I haven't even put it out yet, but yeah, July, um, you get an opportunity to work with me and essentially more holistic um, preparation or like you're in your journey of moving abroad and how to be very intentional, um, how to actually design it in a way that you feel liberated and you feel grounded. You can actually ride the highs and the lows of living abroad. And you do it from a space where you know what your values are. You know what you need, you know how to get it. Um, And just finding flow and peace. Cause I think that that's also equally important flow and peace. Okay. So, yeah. So I have some resources on Amazon. I'm going to put the link on there. They are gratitude journals. Now I believe that if you are constantly amplifying the positive parts in your life or the positive things that happen in your life what it does is eventually balances out all of the negative thoughts and feelings too it is backed by science now in addition to that at the back of the journals I have love letters that you can write to your future self for achieving your goals there's three of them so they're termally Um, I'll put the link on them you can find them and you can purchase them worldwide Thank you so much for listening, guys. Hopefully come back for the next one. I think we're going to talk about loneliness. Yes. Living abroad, right? Another another topic people don't talk about when they're partying and going traveling. It's real. And it's It's a pandemic. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening.